Jimmy Aiken's Mysterious World is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous supporters. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash donate. You're listening to Episode 6 of Jimmy Aiken's Mysterious World, where we look at mysteries both supernatural and natural, anything that's strange, odd, or makes you wonder, the claims and counterclaims from the perspectives of both faith and reason. In this episode, we're talking about the Pyramids of Egypt. I'm Dom Bettinelli, and joining me today, as always, is Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. So, Jimmy, the, the Pyramids of Egypt are one of those big, this, it's one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. Lots of things have been said about them. The movie Stargate is based around aliens mm-hmm. building the pyramids. So uh, let's talk about it. But first, let's talk about your personal experience. You've been to the pyramids. I have. Um, first, though, I want to remind people to like, comment, subscribe, oh, get yep. notifications and share the podcast. Also, we've added that new segment at uh, the end of each episode, Mysterious Headlines. So uh, be sure to stick around and find out what's in the Mysterious Headlines this week. Um, but you're right. I have been to uh, to the pyramids at Egypt, at, at Giza in Egypt. Um Egyptology is one of my hobbies. I've done a number of courses and books and things like that on Egyptology. Uh, I think it's a fascinating subject. And so I've I've kind of followed the subject for quite some time. And a number of years ago, um, on a Catholic Answers trip, I was able to visit Egypt. And we took a bus from the port city of Alexandria down to Cairo, which is right next to the Giza Plateau. Giza, where the the famous pyramids are is essentially kind of the in the suburbs of Cairo. <laughs> and so it's really strange when you're like on a bus on this freeway in Cairo and you look over and behind the buildings, you see the pyramids popping up, <laughs> you know, behind the city skyline. That's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then when you actually get to the plateau, uh, you can walk around the pyramids. There are lots of people there who will want you to ride camels and try to befriend you and charge you money and things like that. Um, and it is possible to go inside the pyramids, but they limit the number of people who get to do that so that they're not mobbed. It's kind of like a, a lot of museums. You have to get a ticket to get into the museum on a particular day. Yeah. And it's the same with the pyramids. Um, and I was fortunate enough to get a ticket to visit the uh, pyramid of Khafre, which is the the one in the middle. It's not the famous Khufu or Cheops pyramid, but it's the one by, that his son made. It's in the middle. It's the one that still has some of the casing stones up at the top. Right. And I got to go down into it. I didn't go all the way to the um, to the burial chamber, um, but it's very interesting. It's it's very cramped. The because the corridors. The tunnels in it are were not built for tourists. <laughs> they, they were <laughs> they uh, they were they were meant just for workers to get in and out while they were building it, and then it was going to be sealed for all eternity. Was the idea, and um, and they're very dimly lit, and they are surprisingly close in terms of the atmosphere. There's not a lot of oxygen. Um, mm. down in there. I think they ought to pipe in some oxygen for the tourists, but it's yeah. a little hard to breathe. Wow. 
Uh, and yeah. uh, they're 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 do they seem as big in person as they do in photographs? Well, they yeah, they they seem really big, but it's it's a question of scale because for so many centuries, for much of human history, these were the tallest buildings in the world. Right. And um and so by ancient standards they're enormous. But coming from a modern American perspective where everything is huge and you have city skyscrapers that are 50 or 100 stories tall, they're nowhere near that big. Right, right. Um, but I did do one of the things that I, I try to do everywhere I go. It's kind of uh, whenever I go to a famous place, I, I walk around it to, um, to uh, just kind of imprint my my personal timeline on this moment in space and time. <laughs> and uh, so like when I went to New Orleans, I walked the entire length of Bourbon Street all the way up and down, even where it's residential. Um, and when I went to Giza, I didn't have time because of our, our time at the stop was limited, but um, but I didn't have time to walk all the way around the Great Pyramid, but I did walk all the way up and down one side of it. Wow. And yeah. so and, and it is quite big. Yeah, I always get that feel like when I go to a sports stadium, whether it's a football stadium or a baseball park um, on TV, they look enormous. But when you get there, they're much smaller than than yeah. than you see on TV. So that was my curiosity. So, um, yeah, they, they're bigger on the on the inside of uh, reality as opposed to the outside of reality of TV. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, as to the mis- the mystery surrounding the pyramids. What is mm-hmm. the what are the mysteries that people claim the mysterious claims people make about py- the pyramids of Egypt these particular well, the, pyramids frankly Yeah and we may have other episodes where we talk about other pyramids but talking about the ones at Giza um the claims uh, include a bunch of different things one of them is that the pyramids are much more than just tombs for dead pharaohs um the claim it, it's claimed that they manipulate mysterious energies and this was kind of a thing that was a fad in the seventies pyramid power. The, there were claims that like, if you place a plant or a razor blade under a pyramid, it will improve its growth or its sharpness. Like a pyramid um, shape, not literally the pyramids. The, the of pyramid Egypt. shape. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but the idea would be that these pyramids similarly manipulate mystical energies in some way. Mm. Um, it's been claimed that they're much older than modern archaeology dates, then modern archaeology says they're about twenty five or forty five hundred years old, about twenty five hundred BC. Um, but some claim they're like ten thousand BC. Right. Um, it's also claimed that uh, the ancient Egyptians could not have produced them with the technology they had available. So they uh, they must have had paranormal means. Maybe extraterrestrials helped them. Maybe they had lost technologies. Maybe they had psychic powers and levitated the blocks into place. Um, <laughs> it's been claimed that they represent part of a lost global civilization, as illustrated by the fact we find pyramids elsewhere in the world, like in 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 the Americas. Um, and it's been claimed that they. Uh, they encode prophetic messages about our future and that if you study the architecture of the pyramids and like the way the tunnels are slanted, they correspond to different world events much, much later in history. Okay. So, yeah, I remember as a kid um, hearing the claim that um, the way that the pyramids are built, that they could only have been built from the top down. 
Uh, oh, which like, <laughs> really? so from the capstone <laughs> down to the ground. I'm not sure why that would be a thing, but that, but that, that's weird. Yeah, that was a good that was a good one. Um, uh, OK, so I mean, so there are lots of different claims about these and, and which kind of makes sense, given that, you know, like you said a few minutes ago, for, for most of human history from the time they were built, these are the largest buildings in the world. And they're mysterious. They're not buildings used for, you know, storing grain or living in or running a country from. They were closed off. And so that sort of thing can often lead to people coming up with fanciful ideas about them. Uh, yeah. Get all kinds of uh, reasons for the, w- the, the way they are. Uh, so it sort of makes sense. So so what's the counterclaim uh, against the the uh, more mystical or mysterious claims? The counterclaim, which is accepted by basically all reputable Egyptologists, is that the pyramids are burial monuments for Egyptian pharaohs. That's their principal purpose, and um, that they were built by entirely natural means, and that the paranormal claims made about them are examples of what Egyptologists call Egyptomania. Um, Egyptomania is a cultural phenomenon that really got rolling in the uh, 19th century when before modern archaeology had really developed. And all these artifacts from Egypt after the Napoleonic conquest of Egypt were like coming back to Europe and were fascinating to people. And just like when the New World was discovered, you'd have these fantastic travelers tales about what it was like in the New World. And there were all these weird people there and some of them had one foot and, you know, there were monopods and things like that. And it was it was not true, but you had these exotic, fanciful tales being made up about this newly discovered land at that point in the New World. And then with all these artifacts coming back from Egypt, you had similar kind of traveler's tales developing around Egyptian culture that were also wildly inaccurate and then got corrected once archaeology developed. Okay. All right. So, um, so Egyptomania. So, I mean, I can imagine to a to you know a nineteenth century Frenchman say uh, the appearance of a sarcophagus with a mummy in it would have been pr- something pretty, you know, like it's still cool. Yeah, it's still cool. <laughs> and but but back then, you know, like it's, to us, it would be like an like an alien corpse. I mean, it just would be so outside the the realm of their normal world that it I, it could engender these more fanciful ideas of what they could be the result of. Yeah. And just like, like with the new world travelers tales, there would people assume people always try to relate things to what they know. And so there were assumptions like that native Americans would speak Hebrew or things like that, because they must've broken off a long time ago. And Hebrew was the oldest language that most people knew about. And so they would assume, and then of course, no, they don't speak anything like Hebrew. And the same thing happened with pyramid, uh, with Egyptomania. People would say, oh, the pyramids must relate to biblical prophecy. And, and they would even try to find references to the pyramids in the Bible, even though they're not mentioned and, uh, and things like that. Okay. Okay. Um, did the pyramids of Giza exist at the time of the, um, the Jewish captivity in Egypt of Ramses? Uh, yes. Yeah. They would have been built um, a, a more than a thousand years before the Exodus. Okay. okay. Uh, so they would have already been there. We do have records in the Bible of the, uh, of the Hebrew slaves in Egypt building certain cities. 
um, but they are later in date than the pyramids. Okay, okay. Just because uh, I bet I, I can imagine folks might want to know like how that relates. Then, uh, since the Bible doesn't mention the pyramids, but you know, there's lots of things that aren't mentioned by then. A thousand, after a thousand years, they'd, they'd kind of be kind of the part of the landscape, I would assume, and not yeah, not particularly worth mentioning unless they entered into the particular story. Yeah. Well, um, as why, why would you want to talk about the tombs of those pa- dead pagan Kings that right. were the oppressors of our people? Right. And the capital of Egypt at the time of that captivity would, was not Cairo. Was not Cairo. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, what do we know about the pyramids? Uh, you know, what, what is established about the, 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 the pyramids themselves? Well, one of the things we know is how they got built because this architectural form didn't come out of nowhere. Um, it is, we, we see a progression archaeologically from simple burials all the way up to pyramids, and then they shift from pyramids to something else. Um, and originally, the Egyptians would bury their dead in pits that they dug in the sand. And by being in contact with the dry desert sand, the corpses would naturally mummify all of the all of the moisture in them would leach out into the sand and you'd have this mummified corpse naturally but the problem was that um you that these weren't secure burials um because animals would mm-hmm. come and and dig them up and, and you know sands move they shift and sands move yeah. and 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 grave robbers will come in to try to get the grave goods that you've buried with them mm-hmm. and so to um, to address that problem, they came up with an invention that today we call a mastaba. A mastaba is it's from an Arabic word that means a bench, um, and it's basically a rectangular um, mud uh, covering. It's like a it's like a it's like a big shoebox kind of that they would uh, use. Uh, in their graves to protect the bodies of the dead. And over the course of time, just once something gets started, people say, how can we make this more special? And once mastabas began to be used for at least burying important figures like court officials, um, you know, court officials kind of get into competitions about who can have the best whatever. Mm -hmm. And so um, at one point, some Egyptian architects got the idea, hey, what if we put a slightly smaller mastaba on top of the big mastaba? <laughs> and and then, hey, why don't we put another even smaller mastaba on top of that? And so we see this development of what's called a step pyramid, which is essentially a series of mastabas with the little ones set on top of progressively bigger ones. And that's how the pyramid form developed. It developed by stacking mastabas on top of each other so that you had this, um, you had this essential, essential pyramid shape, but, uh, with steps kind of like a staircase mm-hmm. going up each side. And then they said, Ooh, okay. So that's nice, but maybe we could make it fancier by adding casing stones. So we have a smooth, slope instead of that staircase slope. And so then they started trying to do pyramids like that. And they made mistakes along the way. Um, There's one that's out in the desert where they started to put on the casing stones and they all slid off. 
um, revealing the step structure underneath. And there's another one where they started to build and then they realized we're building at too steep of an angle and they had to change it to a slow <laughs> to a lesser angle. And that's called the bent pyramid. E Egypt um, had contractor problems, too. <laughs> they, they did. And uh, in fact, these were contractors. That's a, it's actually a myth about the pyramids that they were built by slave labor. Mm -hmm. We know that was not the case. They were built by free labor. Oh. Um, apparently, during the seasons when um, the Nile was flooded and they and so you couldn't do agriculture because all the fields are flooded right now, which is how they regenerate. Mm -hmm. um, and so during the periods where the Nile was flooded, people needed something else to do. And for at, at certain points in history, they were hired to build the pyramids Interesting. Um, in, in any event. And there are some of these pyramids that are like there's one. It may be the bent pyramid. I forget. Uh, but like. When you go inside it, and you're very lucky to get to go inside it because it's very dangerous in there. If you go into the burial chamber, because the pyramid is unstable, um, it actually could suffer an internal collapse. And the Egyptians, to stop that from happening, had these like big cedar logs that they used to prop the stones apart in the burial chamber to keep them apart. Oh, wow. But then then the pharaoh said, you know, I don't want my tomb being crushed at some point <laughs> on the way to eternity. So we're just going to scrap this one and start a new pyramid. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and, and eventually they got it right. And they started building at Giza, uh, Cheops, or is his Greek name, but Khufu, uh, his Egyptian name, uh, built the Great Pyramid, which is the biggest. And um, and. We know that we know that it was him and we know when he lived because we have, you know, records of their uh, dynasties and so forth. But we know uh, it was Khufu for a couple of reasons. One of them is in the in um, uh, atop the king's chamber in the Great Pyramid. There are these relieving chambers to take stress off of the chamber so it doesn't get crushed. And in the relieving chambers there, uh, we found um, graffiti indicating that um, that it was built during the reign of Khufu. Now, of course, in the movie Stargate, <laughs> Dr. Daniel Jackson says that's forged. Um, but in addition to uh, to the graffiti we found in the relieving chambers, we also have the essentially the cities that or camps, labor camps um, that were built on the Giza Plateau by the workers who built the pyramid. So we have their breweries and their bakeries and their houses, and it's all right there. And we have inscriptions in the houses indicating, and in those camps, indicating uh, that it was built during Khufu's reign because the work teams that built the pyramids had names like Khufu's drunkards. <laughs> and and so Khufu's drunkards would leave a record of like, we were here and we did this great stuff. So they had social media trolls and various sorts back then, too. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, but if, eventually, though, um, yeah. so real quick, um, after Khufu built his, his grandson, uh, his son, uh, Khafre, built another one, which is in the middle. And then there's a smaller one by another member of the dynasty uh, named Menkare. Uh, and then they abandoned the Giza Plateau in terms of building these big, huge pyramids. And the reason they did that is because 
If you don't want people robbing your tomb after you're dead, it's probably a good idea not to put a huge, gigantic <laughs> sign on top of where your tomb is. Right. And so um, they eventually uh, started burying the, the pharaohs in secret in a place that's now known as the Valley of the Kings. And that's where King Tut was buried. That's where King Tut was buried. Okay. Uh, I always want to sing the uh, song, but uh, I won't because that would that betrays how old I am, frankly. <laughs> uh, so uh, let's move on to um, to kind of examining the the the, the mysteries from mm -hmm. both the re the faith and perspective, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, faith and reason perspectives. So from a faith perspective, I think we kind of sort of address this um, from from a the Christian faith perspective. There isn't a whole lot to say, correct? The uh, Egypt is important in the Bible. Um, but, uh, but it's the pyramids are not what's important about Egypt in the Bible. So there's not a lot there. Okay. Um, there's a lot more to say from the reason perspective. Um, we do know that they were tombs and we have various indications of that, even though in the great pyramid, we didn't find a body because it, it, along with all of its grave goods had been plundered in yep. the ancient world. Um, but we do have uh, indications both from there and from other pyramids, including their little pyramids that are sometimes called Queen's Pyramids, also on the Giza Plateau. And we know from other pyramids um, that uh, that they were used as burial chambers. There may, though, I, I don't want to exclude the idea that they didn't have any other ritual significance, though, because the Egyptians had um, a kind of stellar component to their religion. They, they like Sirius, the star Sirius was very important in their religion for one reason, because it would rise above the horizon just before the Nile flooded every year. Mm. And so Sirius played a big part in their religion. And the idea would be when the Pharaoh, who was regarded as a god on earth, he would like when he dies, he would go rejoin the gods in heaven. And if you look at some of the like uh, uh, ch little tunnels um, in the pyramids that are too small for people to go through, uh, they've often been thought to be air vents, but they seem to be aligned to certain stars. Mm. And so they may have been meant to facilitate the journey of the Pharaoh's soul back to heaven. And um, so there may have been additional religious significance uh, of a ritual nature to the pyramids. Also, the pyramid shape itself uh, seems to have religious significance because in Egyptian uh, cosmogony, when the world was uh, created, it was originally, or when the world began, it was originally this formless sea. And then um, a mound arose out of the sea that had the first uh, God on it, who then made the other gods. And this mound is known as the Ben-Ben. And the top of a pyramid uh, or an obelisk, you know how if you look at a big obelisk, mm -hmm. it's got a little pyramid on top of it. That's also referred to sometimes as the Ben-Ben. And so it looks uh, to me and to others as if the pyramid shape itself is meant to reflect the primordial mound that was the beginning of the world. Um, and so it looks like the pyramids are giant bent representations of the Ben-Ben. 
So in that sense, the claim, that particular claim that it's more than just a tomb for the dead pharaohs does sort of hold up that there are perhaps ritual or religious significance in the symbolism. Right. Where it doesn't hold up is the claim that pyramids manipulate mystical energies. Um, <clears throat> that's been something that's actually been tested. In fact, they did a Mythbusters episode on that, which we'll have uh, some information about in the show notes. Um, and, you know, they tried putting food under pyramids to see if it would spoil. They tried razor blades to see if they would stay sharp. Nope. Um, <laughs> that that stuff doesn't happen. Uh, however, interestingly, uh, as physical structures, pyramids do manipulate physical energies. Um, there is a story that we'll have a link to in the show notes where uh, a recent study indicated that they will, you know, kind of focus electromagnetic energy in certain ways. Hmm. Um, and but this is just ordinary, you know, like radio waves kind of stuff. It's not mystical. It doesn't. It's like your house is going to, you know, manipulate radio right. frequencies and stuff. That's it's like, why your Wi-Fi right. and phone reception is better in some parts of your house than others. Right. It's just like a, a like if you shine a uh, light, regular white light through a prism, it breaks it into a rainbow of colors. That's not mystical. That's just physics. Exactly. Okay. Um, in terms of the age of the pyramids, as I mentioned, we found indications both inside and outside the pyramids that tell us really, no, they do date to about 2500 BC. They're not 10,000 years old. In terms of production means, there actually is a, a little bit of a mystery about part of it. Now, we know where the blocks came from that are that go went into the pyramids because we've got the quarries where they were dug. Um, but there's a question about how did they get the blocks up to the top? Because after a certain point, um, it, it, there's, there's a bit of confusion. I mean, we know various ways they could have transported the blocks. That's not the issue. The question is, how do you get them up that high? And one proposal that people entertained for a long time was, well, maybe they just built a huge ramp with a uh, with a, a relatively low slope so they could easily drag them up that ramp. The problem is th that ramp would have to be like a mile long and it would contain more <laughs> volume than the pyramid itself. Right. And we know that we don't have the remains of any such ramp. So other proposals have been advanced. Uh, one is that there's a, an undiscovered series of concentric uh slopes within the pyramid that they use to get the blocks up to the top. Another is that they built a ramp or a temporary ramp around the outside of the pyramid that wound around it like switchbacks going up a mountain kind of, or like kind of like a spiral staircase. Yeah. Um, and so there is a little bit of an uncertainty about exactly how they got some of the blocks into place. The Greek uh, historian Herodotus, who visited the pyramids, um, mentioned that it he was told, and some of the things he was told are clearly wrong, um, but he was told that they used some kind of machine, like a winch, hmm. maybe, to lever the blocks up to where they could be put into place at the higher elevations on the pyramid. Uh, but not, even though there's still some uncertainty about this, it's it, they didn't need levitation or aliens. <laughs> um <laughs> Similarly, uh, regarding the global uh, civilization claim, um, 
well, the reason you get pyramids in other places is the same reason you get rec, you know, cubicle buildings in other places. It's a basic geometrical shape. Right. If you're going to build uh, you, something tall using primitive means, having something that slopes to a point uh, so that is, the structure below it supports a slightly smaller structure above it, that's a pretty basic yeah. idea. It's it's a basic thing. Pyramids are a basic geometrical shape, just like cubes are. And, you know, most of us live in live or work in buildings that are cubical <laughs> and there's no special significance. It's just those are easy to build, too. Right. Okay. Um, in terms of prophecy, there's no basis in the Egyptian religion for the idea that they encode prophecies and um, implausibly. Uh, the people who have tried to interpret the pyramids as prophetic texts um, have tended to focus. Uh, it, it's like when people read the book of Revelation, they always think it's about to be fulfilled in their own day. So, you know, in the year 1000, people thought that Revelation was about to be fulfilled. And right. in the 1600s, people thought it was about to be fulfilled. Well, the same thing happens with people looking at the pyramids and trying to interpret them prophetically. They interpret them as applying to their own day or the near future, not something that the Egyptians would have cared about. Nope. Um, so there's really not a good basis for that. There are frequently claims that there are undiscovered chambers in the pyramids. And that may well be true. Hmm. In fact, recently, we, there are like small little things uh, that we found over the years that um, that are kind of minor chambers that aren't the big ones that we found. But it looks like based on uh, some scientific studies where they looked at these subatomic particles uh, that were going through the pyramids and then they mapped how where the particles got blocked or didn't get blocked. Um, it looks like there may be a big chamber above what's called the Grand Gallery in the Great Pyramid. And so there may indeed be some uh, sizable undiscovered chambers in there. Mm. And hopefully one day soon we'll find out about them. That would be interesting. I remember reading about that and the, the speculations, if it's even there, because they're not certain that it's there. But... Right. But if it's there, what could it be? And some of it is maybe it's another full of all un, you know undiscovered treasures, which everyone loves that that idea. We love finding uh, secret treasure. Yeah. Uh, but it could also I'm betting be it's betting it's not that though. <laughs> well, they, it could uh -huh. also be I think speculated that it was um, another one of these relieving the pressure uh, to mm -hmm. kind of taking the pressure from the the, the ceiling over the grand gallery so yeah it, it could also be something that unlocks part of the mystery of how the blocks got up to the higher levels because one mm. of the speculations about the grand gallery itself it's this sloped gallery um that exists within the pyramid that leads up to the king's chamber um one of the speculations about the grand gallery is they used it to build a big winch mm. to get some of the heavier things up there and so if there is a big chamber up above the Grand Gallery. It could be part of uh, that same winching system, mm. if that's what it was. That'd be cool to find evidence of that. that would be, I just love, you know, I love finding the, the like, the, thinking that archaeology hasn't discovered everything yet, and maybe mm -hmm. there's more to find uh, out there, which is neat. So what's the bottom line about the pyramids of Egypt and the mysteries that we've uh, we've talked about here? Well, the bottom line is the pyramids are amazing monuments, and there are still things to be discovered about them, but the kind of Egyptomania claims about them are overblown. Mm. 
And and if I editorialize for a moment, I'd say we actually deprive the ancient Egyptians of the respect they deserve for their amazing achievements with the pyramids if we say, oh, they couldn't have done them and right. they had to have some other means. No, they really did them, and that's part of the amazing thing. It makes it even more amazing, yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll have further information in the show notes on a bunch of different resources you may want to check out. Uh, so be sure and check that out. <clears throat> and uh, and that's what we have to say about the Pyramids of Giza for today. Excellent. So uh, we have some uh, feedback that we'd w- like to share first um, on our previous episodes. On our second episode on transhumanism, we got a YouTube viewer um, whose uh, name was Hybrid Indeterminate, which is a, a yeah. interesting handle. Uh, and they they write, I'm not sure, he, she, they write, uh, thank you for a generally honest and charitable overview of our movement. So a transhumanist uh, who yeah. is responding to that. And I would just want to say thank you very much, Hybrid Indeterminate. Uh, it's always my goal to be fair-minded and charitable and uh, look for the good in stuff. And so uh, some aspects, even though I'm not on board with the let's replace Homo sapiens bit, I am on board with let's cure diseases and extend life. So best of luck with those goals. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And that's the that's really at the heart of what we're doing here in the mysterious world is is we're looking at things objectively, neither as coming at them as skeptics or as, you know, as, um, you know, a priori believers. We examine what it what ha- what has to be said and we take what's good and we leave behind what's not. And that's uh, that's how we approach it. And so thank you to Hybrid Indeterminate as well. So um, another part of our show that we're doing now is uh, we're, we have mystery headlines. I feel like I should have like a mystery headlines, like bumper music or something. But, but... I was going to mention that. Yeah. <laughs> mysterious headlines, actually. OK, so um, yes, mysterious headlines, because a mystery yeah. headline, we wouldn't tell you what it was. But, yeah. <laughs> but the mysterious headlines, Jimmy, what do we have for mysterious headlines this week? Well, um, this time, since we were doing the show on pyramids, I thought I'd include a couple of recent headlines about pyramids. Uh, The first one I mentioned earlier in the show, uh, we've actually kind of touched on both of them, but uh, one of them is a link to a story from phys.org, which is a physics website, uh, physics news website, um, about how the pyramids can focus electromagnetic energy. Um, And then uh, the other one is an article from the British newspaper, The Guardian, about that potential undiscovered chamber in the pyramids. Excellent. Okay. In the Great Pyramid. In the Great Pyramid, yes. Uh, all right, great. Well, so, folks, I just want to remind you uh, at this point that if you can like, uh, you know, like our, uh, this episode on Facebook or, uh, you know, retweet it on uh, Twitter, uh, write a comment. If you want to subscribe to the podcast or subscribe to uh, the YouTube channel, if you're listening on YouTube, uh, click the Get Notifications bell on YouTube. But and, and most importantly, share the podcast with others. We only reach new people, really, most you know, mostly by your recommendation. I mean, your your recommendation to others is is better than um, an ad or any other way that we can promote the show uh, because people trust you. Uh, and we don't have ads. <laughs> we don't, and we don't run ads. So, uh, so we really uh, would really appreciate it if you could do that. And if you could write, maybe write a review on iTunes. Give us a nice five star review there about what you like about the show. We're already getting great feedback from folks, and every week we're getting um, really nice comments from people. Uh, and speaking of those comments, if you will send us some listener feedback to mysterious at sqpn.com, you can send an email. Or you can uh, go to uh, sqpn.com and leave a comment on this show 
or go to uh, our Facebook page. Just search for SQPN there and leave us some feedback um, and we'll possibly read it on a future episode uh, and make it part of the discussion. We really do appreciate that. Uh, We want you to be part of what we're doing here. I mean, otherwise it's just me and Jimmy talking to each other. (laughs) So we want to make this a community uh, around these very interesting topics. So, uh, like we said, if you want to uh, see, find any of the links that to the further resources, or you want to find you know links to uh, Jimmy or I, or our uh, uh, social media or our personal websites, you can find those at sqpn.com. Until next time, Jimmy Aiken, thank you for exploring with us our mysterious world. Thanks, Dom. And once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to Jimmy Aiken's Mysterious World.